Welcome to Tactical Recon, the place where we find kingdom-building strategies through scholarship, leadership, and action. And here's your host. Today is Friday, April 8th. Welcome to Tactical Recon. I'm Elder Paul Coviello. Sitting beside me is my pastor, the Reverend Dr. Paul Michael Raymond. Pastor, we study to know the providence of God in light of Scripture. As we see things unfold in our time, we see lots of uncertainty. We see lots of changes for going from bad to worse, uh, things that cause some alarm, some consternation, prompting us to ask the question, how do we respond? Because if God gives us an understanding of the times and the seasons, it's so that we can respond to them theologically. We can prepare ourselves in our churches so that we're able to function as God has called us to do in the world, addressing the needs of our present time so that we can continue to build the kingdom of God. Exactly. We should never be ignorant of what's happening around us, knowing that God is orchestrating all things which are happening around us. And in our day today, many people are wondering, you know, what what should we do? We see the looming problems uh, of the society, uh, especially food shortages. There's war now. There's the government is so um, tyrannically apostate that people are wondering, Christians especially are wondering, even even secular folks, they're wondering, what, what are we going to do? And there's a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. But God has never counseled his people to be anxious, nor should we be fearful. But we should be wise, knowing what the times are, knowing what the seasons are. And before the podcast uh, Elder Coviello and myself, we were discussing 1 Chronicles chapter 12, where the children of Issachar were men who had understanding of the times so that they would know what Israel was supposed to do during those providential times, those things that God was orchestrating. We need to be wise like the sons of Issachar. We need to know what to do. This is not to say we should panic. Never should we panic because God has always promised to provide a way through the storm. But we need to provide that way. We need to put our feet under our faith, and we need to do what God has counseled us to do, and that is be prepared. So what we're discussing in the community of the saints over the past, I would say, even two years especially since COVID hit and there was a run on, on toilet paper, of all things. So what, what do we do in, in that kind of a, a situation? First, let me say this. Whether the situation is real or contrived, that matters little. In other words, whether or not the situation of a food shortage or a paper shortage or this thing or the other thing is contrived by the wickedness of men, it doesn't really matter. It is still according to the providence of God. So we're not to worry about how this happened. Is it is it to control the people of the United States or the people of other nations, or is this a real shortage? Are there real problems? That shouldn't be the issue discussed. The issue discussed should be, okay, in light of that possibility, which seems to be a probability, we should know what to do. And and people are asking, what what should I do? Especially those who are young, who have young families, who don't have a lot of wherewithal to, to store food or to stock things. What do they do? What about those who live in the urban areas or the or the suburban areas, not in the rural areas? Are they are they secure? And if they're not, how do they secure themselves? What are the possibilities? Knowing the heart of man, what are we to think 
as far as what we are to face, what is going to happen. And we can speculate, but we can speculate wisely. And, and I think that's what we need to do at, at this point. So what I, what I put together was a, a, a five-part plan, a category of five major particulars that in even the best situation, without any problem of food shortage or tyranny or what have you, in every situation, these five things, every family, every Christian should be mindful of these five things because there's always the possibility of a power outage, a possibility of a tornado, a hurricane, a flood, a fire, a situation that is out of the norm, which takes the individual to another plane of, of crisis. How do we navigate that crisis? How do we navigate that this situation? Not only to survive, because I don't, I don't believe that's good enough. We need, to, we need to think beyond that. We need to flourish in that critical situation. Yeah. In fact, I would argue to some extent, Pastor, that in suggesting that we stock food, for example, we're going back to a mode of thinking and preparation that is foreign to many people today. We've become so accustomed to the conveniences that are um, that have that have defined our lives that we have forgotten the need to be able to store food in a larder, to have a pantry, to be able to prepare for the eventuality of some sort of crisis, be it temporary or of long duration. And so we've become accustomed to living in an, a time of instantaneous gratification of real needs, of, of interests and desires. And we're now unnecessarily susceptible to a crisis. And you defined it as either natural or contrived, whether it is because of circumstances ordained by God in the creation itself, or because of the corruption and the wickedness of man to control men. And so we're talking about something very, very critical, Pastor. And as you lay this out, I think we all do well to take heed and to recognize and understand so much of this is just plain common sense. These are actually not in our modern day, but in days gone by. These are the fundamentals of life. Everyone was considering these five categories. And those five categories are food, which has a number of subcategories, security, money, energy, and communication. Now, let me hasten to say this, and this is very, very important because this is where the church as a community comes in. There is not one individual in the face of the earth that can be totally self-sufficient. That is a myth. None of us can store enough food, grow enough food. I hear people talking about, well, we'll just grow food. Well, I hope you want to eat uh, for the next uh, six months just tomatoes because that's probably all you'll be able to, to, to put together or just cucumbers, but you, you can't. We, we, need, we need a, a variety. We need milk. We need meat. We need vegetables. We need all of those things. So, so you're not going to do that on your own unless you're a farmer. And even farmers are only skilled in certain vegetables here or certain crops there. Uh, if you if you want bread, I mean, you're going to have to. Are you going to grow your own wheat? I mean, these these things are beyond us right now in our modern day. We think that farming is when we go to the grocery store and we buy our produce. But when the when the when the shelves are not stocked any longer, and you can you can even judge today where you have some shortages of certain meats, of chicken, uh, of grocery goods, of vegetables. So what happens when those shelves are empty? 
Now, how do we get through the critical period? And the only way we get through the critical period is through the division of labor. In other words, through the community efforts of your church body. And that's where the safety is. So God has never, never said, oh, go out on your own and you could be secure and you could, you could grow your own food. You could. No, he never wanted us to be islands unto ourselves. This is why there's safety in the community of the church, in the church community, or in the local community. Even if you don't have a church, you can begin in the local community, but you cannot be an island unto yourself. So that's a fallacy. We have to remember we have to work together. Very important. Critically important. In fact, that's God's ordination for the people of God. We are designed by God as Christians to live in community one with another. And there is, as you just said, safety in that. But I would hasten to add, Pastor, that does not mean that that safety and security means that any one member of the body of Christ, any one member of a local church can sit back and say, okay, it's covered because I'm part of a church. You'd mentioned that we work together to ensure that the needs of the whole are met. And I'm paraphrasing. But that is a critical point. There is nobody, as you said it, there's no nobody sitting on the bench, no bench warmers. Everybody must be active and engaged for the community to function. And those who will not should be disciplined because when we face times of crisis, as we may be at our time now, everybody needs to be involved because as no man is an island unto himself, no man can sit back waiting to be ministered to. I would encourage young parents with young children to read to their children and maybe to themselves the story of the little red hen and the story of the ant and the grasshopper because those are fundamentals. And you, you find in history where the colonists come to Jamestown and you had those who were sitting on the sideline and those who were working and those sitting on the sideline thought, thought that they were noblemen uh, or gentlemen and they expected to reap the, the harvest of the hardworking folks. And that, that came to a sudden halt. So yeah, everyone must work. If you want to eat, you have to work. It's a biblical principle. If you don't eat, if you don't work, rather, you, you don't eat. And that's, that's just the way it is. So, so let's, look at, let's look at some of these, these topics. I think, I think everyone is concerned about what has already been warned uh, from the White House itself, which is very interesting, whether or not it's a fear tactic or whether or not it's real or whether or not they care, whether or not we're starving, I, I don't even know. But they're saying, look, expect, they said, expect food shortages. So that should have been the, the warning shot for everyone to start pulling together some storage. One of the problems of today's society is that no one has any kind of savings because they're maxed out with their telephones, their tablets, their internet, their, the money for their all of their, their video games or what have you. So they really don't have a whole lot of, of flexibility, financial flexibility, to buy anything and stock. So if you ask anyone today, do you have one week's supply of food if you had no food on the shelves? Not many people would have that. If you, some would, but may, maybe not many. What if you ask the month, or maybe two weeks, or two months, or six months? God forbid. People would say, "Well, uh, no way." Uh, and I, I think what we should have been doing, especially if you live in a rural area, is you should have been putting money on the side for storage 
in a pantry. And that's not what's happening. But now, now we're at critical mass. Now we have to start thinking. So we have to start getting rid of things that we really don't need, things that we can't eat, and put that money, that, that f- those finances, to the things that we can eat. So food is essential. Uh, I, I always, uh, I always tell tell parents to to have a food pantry. Start buying a couple of extra things every week when you go to the grocery store. Ten percent of your income after your tithe, after your bills are paid, try to put that toward extra food. Try to try to stock your pantry and then and then rotate it. Now, concerning food, if you want long-term storage, long-term food storage, you should get the uh, the MREs, they're called, and you can get that from companies uh, such as the number 4, 4 Patriot. They have food storage. They come in containers. They're good for 25 years. In a pinch, you can make some delicious food from them. But that doesn't, that's not your everyday food. That is your emergency. That's your insurance so you, you want to make sure you have some of that at least. And they have a two-week um, packet you can look at. Uh, they have a four-week. They have a, a month. So that's the first thing you look at your food. You want to make sure you have your food. Now, don't buy things you don't eat. Buy things that you already eat. Make sure you have a variety. If you have children and you, you need to give them milk, make sure you have some powdered milk. So you know what your, what your family needs. Start buying extra of that. If you live in a rural community and in your storage pantry, you have, like we have, we have a, a mouse once in a while. You want to make sure everything goes into a, a big uh, bin, uh, a plastic bin to, to, keep it, to keep it well. So some of, the, some of the subcategories of food, and I think food is the biggest category, but some of the subcategories I would put as groceries um, other than food. Water, it's long-term water, water supply. If you have a well, wonderful. If you have city water, you might be in trouble. You may want to be able to uh, get a water delivery, some of the five-gallon drums, and store them in the closet. Rotate them out if you can. Um, clothing, if you uh, need some winter clothing, if you don't have energy, an energy source and your home is cold, you're going to need certain clothing. You definitely, if, you're, if you need medical supplies, make sure you have medical supplies set up. Vitamins, if you take vitamins. Protein powder is always important. You can get your protein from that. If, you're, if you have children, you need your baby supplies, uh, f- feminine supplies as well. Everything that you use daily, you should go into your, into your home, make a list of what you use daily and what you need, and start purchasing extra for storage just in case things start to unravel. You also want to think about toilet paper. Who would have, who would have thought that we would be fighting over a roll of toilet paper paper and paper towels and things, things of that nature? So so you need you need to deal with that. But then we have to also remember what about cleaning supplies? What about laundry detergent? What about those things that we, we take for granted? We just go out when we buy it. When, when So everything that you need, everything that you use, make a list. Go through your house and make a list. We need this. We need this. What if we didn't have this? What if we didn't have that? What would we do? And you'd buy even uh, – I know what I did. We, we bought some Drano. We bought some, some liquid plumber. But 
for for a bottle of liquid plumber because every time we we have a, a sink stop up with hair or whatever or when the grandchild puts a toy or a Lego down the toilet you know you you want to try to get it out and, and we have we have that um, baking soda baking soda is very important okay both for ingesting and for other means cleaning means so whatever you use it's, it just takes it could probably take you maybe maybe I'll take you an hour to go through the whole house. Figure out what you use daily and make a list and then start stocking. You mentioned something, Pastor. Uh, MREs, Patriot Supply, dry goods, not just actual foodstuffs, but consumables that we use on a daily basis. Toothpaste, soap, shampoo, paper goods. Um, there is a long, long list of things that we use on a daily basis that we can certainly store because they're not going to perish. There is no use-by date. There's nothing that requires refrigeration. And this is a supplement to what we can grow and then what we can acquire locally through the farmers who have the capability to grow and to, to um handle animal husbandry, for example. And we have the benefit, at least here at Kroger, I, I suspect Kroger is certainly not unique, where sales that allow us to buy items for a dollar, 10 for $10, allow us to buy toothpaste in bulk, toothbrushes, floss, soap, shampoo, dishwashing detergent, laundry detergent, all of that stuff we can house. And as you pointed out, anything that is uh, susceptible to uh, damage we can house in Tupperware bins or plastic bins that we can seal. I, I remember growing up in Florida, we put everything in plastic bins because of what we call the palmetto bugs. And all of this is sensible and it's very easy for us to, to tend to because we don't have to have a fortune. We can go out and buy three, four, 13, 12, 13, or 15 package rolls of paper towels and keep them in a pantry so that we have them on hand. And whenever you're purchasing, you, you mentioned you mentioned toothpaste. You don't have to get the toothpaste you always use. Just get some junky toothpaste right. because it's only going to be there in an emergency. In an emergency, you'll, you'll do anything. Or don't even buy toothpaste. Buy extra baking soda, apple cider vinegar, regular vinegar, olive oil. Those things we have to recognize that we use them all the time and we want to make sure. Now, there's another thing I put on my list, tools, right. you know, drill gun, hammer, nails, screws, whatever. If, you're, if, you, if you do anything in the, around the house, we need to do it. You have to have some, some tools, and, and they retain their value even when the dollar kind of tanks. So these are the things that we, we need to consider. One other point, it seems as if there's a situation today where there's a lot of health issues with young people, parents, whatever, they can't have gluten or they, or they can't have this thing or they can't have that thing. I know, I know in our church, one of, one of the children, I don't know if it's in our church or one of the friends of our church can't have peanuts, peanut butter. Peanut butter is a great staple. But if you have a child that can't have peanut butter, don't stock up on peanut butter unless there's people in your household that can do peanut butter. But, you know, that kind of a diet, the gluten-free, the... Very expensive, totally organic meats. We need to think, if you don't have the money to buy those organic meats and store them in a freezer, and there's another thing we need to discuss, storage areas, then you may have to say, well, we're not going to get the best meat every day. We're not, we're not going to be able to um, give, in an emergency, what we've been used to. Our, our standard of living 
and I think we need to put this in our head, even though we don't want to, if there is any sort of a crisis or a food shortage or any kind of thing, or even look at war, uh, you know, you've, you've got to sacrifice your, your comfort. We have to step out of that comfort zone. And we have to realize that, hey, this is, this is a situation. God willing, it will pass. But we need to navigate this to the best of our ability. And we're not going to live according to our standards that we're used to. And that's just the way it is. And, and I think we got to put that in our head. Otherwise, we're going to be swallowed up. And, and, then, and then what's going to happen? They're going to run to those people who have been preparing, who have been warning, who have been ringing uh, the warning bell. And, of course, you've got the story of the grasshopper and the ant. And the ant says, sorry, we've been storing all winter. You haven't. Have a nice time. And there's a story of Joseph in Egypt who prepared because he knew the will of God and the mind of God. Um, and no, Pastor, we may not live the way we're accustomed to living. But we know that at least in the United States of America, we're pampered. We take for granted that a lot of what is convenience and luxury items are necessity. And now you'd mentioned peanut butter because there are children, uh, people who have peanut allergies and other allergies. Now, there may be some members of one's family who can eat peanut butter. And perhaps the additional store of that, that food item or those food items provide for the opportunity to supply the needs of others. Because we're not just storing for ourselves, but if we understand the church to be a community and we are preparing for ourselves, we're also preparing for the needs of the community so that the store of extra may serve for the needs of other members of the congregation, who in turn may supply our needs so that if money fails, we can exchange the goods that we have at hand to ensure we, all of us have an ample supply of the things that will sustain us, the things that we cannot grow. And I call that team support. That's how you support each other. So yeah, you, you, if you have a church that has uh, some deacon fund, maybe the deacon's fund can take a percentage and build their own church pantry. But as you said before, which I think is very important, you cannot ab abuse the pantry. If you, for instance, if you're not storing food or, or sh like, for instance, here, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll donate a can of peanut butter or a bottle of peanut butter, but I'm going to take a can of uh, peas or something. It's got to be that kind of reciprocity. Other, otherwise, people just come and take because that's the nature of people. And they justify it by saying, well, I don't have the money. I didn't prepare. I had a bad week and I need this and I need that. And they just take. And, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but yet to build a community pantry is very important. Even a community clothing pantry is important too. Boots for children that are growing out of their boots. You know, all of these things need to be considered and, and, and dealt with. I want to make another point. Some might live in an apartment. They say, well, I don't have any storage. I don't have any storage place. Well, there's got to be a closet somewhere you can take out or take out all the clothes that you haven't worn in five years and throw them out and use that. But be careful. Uh, don't store any food items where it's excessively too hot or excessively too cold, like a barn. But you could put your paper goods in a barn, uh, as long as they're not going to be destroyed by the rodents. So these are things that we have to look at. We have to, we have to consider. And I think it's time to consider very seriously. And, and the reason why I think this discussion is important is because I've been asked, uh, how, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? One other point. 
as Christians, as you brought out, we want to help our community. We need to psychologically put in our minds how far are we willing to go to help others before it's detrimental to our own family. Because the mama comes to your door with a little baby, we have no food, can you help us? And then she brings her 50 relatives because you helped that one person. And understand when people are hungry, they are volatile. When they get hungry, they, they can get angry, they can get violent, and you want to be very careful to hold your cards close to your chest. Do not tell people you have this, that, or the other thing. So as far as food and water is concerned, um, depending on where you live, you, you have to navigate. If you're in a city environment, very difficult. Cities are usually the first ones to have a real problem. Then you have a suburban area. They're not as vulnerable, but they're still vulnerable. If you live in a close community, and let's say, for instance, all the power is out for a week and you're the only one with the generator and lights and they know you've got your freezer going and they're not, they don't have any food, they're coming and knocking on your door. And they're not going to take no for an answer if things get really bad. So we need to, we need to talk about that. You, you and I need to talk about that in, in a subsequent podcast because these are all real things. And an ounce of prevention is always worth a pound, worth a pound of cure. Okay, we need to be ready for it because we can't navigate it when it's on us unless we've put together the scenario that what might happen. So like war games, you put together this scenario, I'll do this. The other scenario, I'll do the other thing. You have to know now what you're going to do. You can't fly, uh, fly blind or off the top of your head. So, so that's very important. So that segues us into the idea of security. What about security? Uh, how are we going to secure our, our possessions, our food? What, um, how far are we going to go to secure our our possessions, protect our family, That's, that should be our next discussion. It's important to recognize that Joseph, knowing the will of God and the mind of God, took charge. He took the initiative to make the preparations that were required for the seven years of famine that followed the seven years of plenty. And we are at a point where we have to recognize that we are not only securing what is needful to get through a period of crisis, but to do so that we can take the initiative to implement what we know God has called us to do. Because as you pointed out, Pastor, and I'm, I'm butchering what you've said from the pulpit, but times of great judgment, times of great upheaval, are also times of great energy and work for the people of God, because and, the time then is ripe for us to rebuild. An opportunity. An opportunity. Grand opportunity for evangelism and to show how the Word of God is applicable to every crisis, every situation. So we are preparing so that we can be free to do the necessary work that God has called us to do. We'll continue this in another podcast. We thank you for joining us. We pray that it was edifying. And until next time, may our Lord richly bless you. The Tactical Recon Podcast was brought to you by New Geneva Christian Leadership Academy and the Institute for Theonomic Reformation. 
To learn more, please visit our website at www.tacticalrecon.org.